Hi, I'm Breck. And I'm Sally. And we're two friends that wondered why it was so hard to make friends as we got older. Join us each week on Bask in Friendship as we explore friendship themes and tips on forging better bonds. We believe female friendships are going to save the world. So today on Bask in Friendship, we're inspired by all you friends trying to make friends and stay friends even from a distance. Making friends that live apart from you, staying in touch once a friend has moved, or even staying friends with someone in your own neighborhood during COVID has been such a big part of our life in the last year. Friends at a distance uh, can occur for a multitude of reasons, but there's no denying that there may still be very strong bonds, shared interests, common goals, and joy in connection, even from afar. And I think we all have way more tools in our toolbox from the last year than we ever had before. When people think of balancing life's demands, it usually is between work and family, but there are actually five areas of life that really require our attention, and that includes self-care, both physical and mental, our romantic lives, and what we're all here to talk about, friendship. Sometimes because our friends are the least demanding of the others and they want to be understanding and we appreciate their understanding, um, that means that they're patient, but that does not mean they can be neglected entirely. Yeah, actually, all the more reason to put the time investment into friends. Um, the New York Times had a feature on how to be a better friend, and their one takeaway was that consistency mattered more than frequency. So having a monthly or a biweekly standing call with a friend, even if just for 30 minutes, can be a more impactful way to nurture your friendship than feeling guilt over not being able to give people an hour for dinner or two hours for Friday dinner. On today's show... We have Meg Bondili and Amanda Murray joining us and sharing how their friendship began and has endured through the ups and downs of distance. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Meg, can you tell us how you met your friend Amanda? Absolutely. First, thank you for having me. This is such a relevant topic because I think it's something that I and a lot of my friends struggle with just, you know, figuring out how to manage it all. And I'm so excited to tell the story of Amanda because we met in the most random way in an Uber pool. I was relatively new to San Francisco. I'm a former New Yorker. I did not drive and still do not drive. And I, you know, we always take an Uber pool home from work every day. And typically in San Francisco, it's not necessarily the most social city. So I would find that most people would ignore me. So I would look at my phone. And then one day, the door opens and this bubbly person gets in and makes eye contact. And I think we just started chatting and she worked in real estate. I worked in real estate. And a couple minutes later, we realized we got out one block away from each other. Yeah, that I, that's pretty on point, Meg. I think um, it's so funny when you get in an Uber pool and you are, your day is done. You're exhausted. You kind of just want to have your me time before you go home, whether or not you have kids or a significant significant other, or you just want to take a minute for yourself. Sometimes though, it is important to kind of look at what's around you. I always love that saying, you never know who's sitting beside you. Um, they could be the next Bill Gates or they could be the next, um, I don't know. I mean, I think I just made up that saying, but. <laughs> well, it's still true. But it's something to think about where, especially in a city like San Francisco, you jump in an Uber pool and all of a sudden 
you can either, you have two choices. You can either put your head down, look at your phone and kind of keep going on your, on your own life path, or you can strike up a conversation and see where it takes you. And that's what happened with Meg and I. And we had so many random parallels that, um, that kind of forced us in a, in a great way to become friends. And then after that first meeting, Meg, you and I lived a block apart and I think I invited you over for dinner uh, a couple days later and we had you over and five minutes later, you found out you were pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so true. You know, I think there's a quote and I'm definitely going to misquote it, but it's this idea that when you make a new friend, it's, you share your experiences and the other person goes, oh, me too. And then they share theirs. And you just have this connection of it's immediate. You don't feel as alone as you did the minute before. And yes, I went over to Amanda's house, drank a lot of wine, and then realized I was pregnant a week later. <laughs> That's how the best friendships begin, right? <laughs> what do you guys remember that first conversation or like what was the shared interest or, you know, what was it about one another that it was actually a good thing that you lived a block apart and not a bad thing? I'll jump in quickly. Um, and this is Amanda and say, first of all, Meg always is dressed to the nine. So she looked amazing and she kind of had, you know, was really put together. Well, not that that matters, but I just remember she jumped in and she looked like she was coming from somewhere super important. And then we started talking and she was in real estate and in commercial real estate, there are not that many women, um, that are in that side of the business. And I think that that really sparked our our um, conversations. And she was from New York. I'm from Vancouver, Canada originally. And uh, I, but I had to go to New York all the time for work. And so that is how our conversation got started and just kind of um, being able to level with the male dominated industry that we were in. And also, you know, with Meg's approach from a design perspective, it's just, I, I, I looked at her and was like, you're really cool. You have a lot of inter interesting things to say. And um, I could tell she was passionate about it, successful at it. And I was thinking I could probably learn a thing or two from you. <laughs> I, I love that. That is so true. I, it, it's so great to bring that memory back up. And, you know, what, what I was drawn to with Amanda, I mean, other than, of course, like a shared work sensibility was the idea that, you know, we were physically close to each other and just why not get together? I think we forget to ask that sometimes it's like oh it's nice to meet you and it's nice to meet you and then nothing happens I remember she gave me her business card I went home and told my husband I just met this really cool girl we're going to go to their house for dinner <laughs> what how you just left work but you know it's really important to build a friendship by making that initial connection after you have that you know meet cute in a way you know, taking the conversation to an event whatever that looks like and I think one thing about it is that you um, and I sparked because it sometimes I feel as though there's a lot of weight or pressure put on people making this connection that doesn't necessarily have to be like that. It was kind of casual, you know, and you're, you're really good at just being casual and you're every time. And I love this about your birthdays, whether it's your birthday or Amara's birthday um, or B's birthday, where you're like, we're having an open house, come by, no pressure. And I love that about you guys, where sometimes, you know, we were talking earlier about the two hour dinner. What's what's more valuable, a 30 minute conversation every couple months or the two hour dinner. And I agree. I think sometimes we put so much weight on having to have this great interaction and making it meaningful, whereas it's just as meaningful if you can make the quick connection and call and have a five minute like, how's it going? Yeah, I'm still thinking about you. OK, me too. And then move on. And I think that that's where the casual relationships um, 
you know, are they're important to kind of keep up and you don't have to put so much weight, especially in COVID. I think sometimes people slow down on having these calls because they're like, oh gosh, I have to have a really long drawn out conversation and I have nothing in my life going on. So what the heck am I going to talk about? When really it's like, you can talk about how annoying it is that your dishwasher doesn't actually dry the dishes or you're getting no sleep because I have a, I have a, um, what do you call it? Like a crow that, or like a, a bird that basically like taps its head into my, my above me now that in my new place. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's funny to me. Maybe someone else will think it's funny. And I love, like, I love this. Cause I think this is like a, a really good point. And we have this conversation a lot like, talking about friends, which is like having a great meeting story is so great, but you guys could have just gotten out and been like, Oh, isn't that funny? Like what a coincidence for neighbors. I'm like, I'll see, I'll see you around. Like I'll see you at the same coffee shop, but like to take that next step into like being friends. And I, I think you touched on it. I mean, I was like, how can you, is it being casual? Is that what really helps? And like, I think Meg, you're really good at this. Let's see you frequently, but like very low stakes. Do you think yeah. that's something you do all the time? And is that something like Amanda, is that something that you would likely do with other people? Or was it interesting that you decided to go and hang out with Meg, like, do you normally take the next step? Cause I've been in some Uber pools and I've talked to people and then we never, there's never a next step. Right. You know, it's interesting. Um, so I'm a mom of two and I found when people first had their, when people, when you have a kid, people are like, Oh, you're going to meet all these moms and you're going to, um, you know, you'll get a whole new network of friends and all of these things. I mean, I don't know if you felt this, I'm interested in your perspective, but, um, I felt as if I envisioned having this commonality with people and it would, it would spark all these new friendships. And I literally don't think I made one new friend out of having a child number one, child number two was during COVID. So you've definitely made no new friends that way. But, um, but I think, I mean, sometimes it's just situational and you get a vibe from somebody, you know, it is, it is what it is. And you, you come away with a experience and you, you make a new friend. And sometimes you feel this underlying forceness that it almost then puts a little bit of pressure on you. And it, it almost is like you subconsciously back away because you're like, Oh, I have a kid now. I don't want to, I don't want to have to like actually talk kid things with this person that I don't really know. And um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question, but um, I think it can be two parter. I think as we get older, the tricky part is the demands on our time. You know, in my twenties, I always love to say that I would go to the opening of an envelope and I would have a great time and meet a lot of people. But as I moved forward in my career, met my now husband, had a child, Amara is now four and a half. It seems as if everyone wants something from me and the hardest thing to get is time for myself. So similar to Amanda, I've been in situations where, oh, you have a kid and I have a kid, we should be friends. And it just doesn't quite work that way. You still need that friend chemistry. And, you know, Specifically, when there's an, a spouse or a partner involved with your new friend, it's also a situation to see, do the partners get along? Can the three or four or whatever of you hang into San Francisco, so I can say whatever, like, can all of these people hang out together and enjoy time together? And to build upon Amanda's point, how can we keep not, in a way, how can we not add pressure and just keep expectations low and casual to the sense that, I'm here for you. Tell me when you need me. But if I'm not here, 
Kelly, you know that I have your back and I'm right here when you're ready. I think those are really good points. And I, 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 I think I can echo like the, the mom piece, which is, I mean, I have a COVID baby too. So she just turned a year and has seen zero people. Um, but like, it's not enough, right? You're like, okay. Like once we start making enough small talk about what is your kitty, where do they go? Like the, the conversation putters so easily because it's just, it's not enough there, right? Like there's not a, enough substance to just be like, so diapers, cool. Right. Like I don't need anything yet. Oh, great. How's that going? <laughs> Let's talk about how awful certain things are. And you're like, that's not fun. Right. Like that's not something I want to talk about. Um, and so for you two, I'm curious because you had, you were both in the same industry. You were both neighbors, essentially. You're both SF transplants by like way of you know, very different areas. What, like, what did you connect on continually was it on design was it on real estate was it like just a shared sense of humor and fashion and like talking about Meg's shoes because they're good well I would love to jump in here I am married to a very wonderful man who loves to find random pieces of art and go to antique fairs Amanda and her husband Trent had a very large pickup truck called Big Red my husband saw Big Red and he decided he definitely made new friends. <laughs> so you're using me, essentially, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did. Lots of stuff. But one day, we actually went to the Alameda Antiques Fair, and we took Big Red. And he sort of got to live his dream of driving the big pickup truck and, you know, kind of a little bit beat down. And I think that was just a really fun moment for us to bond with our partners, right? You know, doing things the other person enjoyed or found value from. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we talk real estate a little bit, um, but it was more, I, we did all like to, well, at least <laughs> B and I in, in particular, like to find our vintage finds. Um, and it was just easy conversation. And I think we, none of us were from San Francisco. None of us are from California. Um, and it was very fun to just have and I, someone to chat about. I mean, I just, I feel like conversations never um, slow with you guys. It's kind of, we always find random topics to pick up on. And because you and me are both so open, um, it's, and, and I think Trent and I are like that as well. Just very open book, like to talk about whatever, nothing's off the table. Um, it was easy, easy conversation, easy flow. We were neighbors. Meg was so amazing and gave me, I think like a bazillion dollars worth of baby goods when you were done with Amara that I still use every single day. Uh, so that was a nice trade, big red for the baby goods. Um, but I think that as, and then as kind of the the years have passed. It's almost been five years since we met. Um, we started talking about kids stuff, which, you know, my daughter ended up going to Amara's um, daycare. And so we talk a little bit about that. And then we, we moved from Pacific Heights where both of us lived a block away to a different area, but we were still super close. So we might meet at the matching half a local coffee shop for, you know, an easy, easy coffee. Or I know that um, Balje worked at Deloitte and I was working at Cushman and Wakefield at the time. And I was going through this, we were going through this huge um, revamp at Cushman and we were working with Deloitte. So I talked to her husband about that. So it's, it was a bit of a mix of everything like art, um, vintage finds, uh, work, kids, um, and anything else. 
how much wine we drank the night before. <laughs> and, and it, thinking through that, it's our design sensibilities were almost designed around how to live our lives and navigate our careers, right? There's a certain identity shift in terms of how the world perceives you, the working world specifically, once you become a mother. And there are very common threads, you know, regardless of which firm you work at. So Amanda and I were really good about saying, this is how I would handle this situation. Hey, this weird thing happened. Should I be upset about it? Is this a flag? How do I deal with it? So I think something that's really been inspiring that's come out of the post-COVID world or women are really actively engaging and sharing all of that career gold mine and knowledge, everything from negotiating to difficult situations. That's so true. And I think Meg, you and I both had pretty big career changes over the course of our friendship so far. Um, you know, you started your own company and it's doing amazing. And I've just uh, left, you know, 10 years at Cushman and Wakefield and moved over to a eight person company where I'm leading business development. And I think um, we've been able to talk about those changes and kind of try and loop in business and be help be each other's advocates where it makes sense and where it, where it fits. So um, it, that's been really nice too. I feel like you guys have all the makings of like a really strong friendship, right? Like it started with like this very funny story and like a very unlikely story. Like it almost seems kismet. And because you have so many different like vectors to connect on, it's like the magic, like the, like if someone has one thread, you're like, okay, we have, we have something, but you guys have so many pieces of thread that it's become like a really strong interwoven rope to connect you, which is like really lovely to hear. And you wouldn't have known that otherwise, hadn't you? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> you nailed it. Well, I mean, I met my husband at a dance at ten at a music festival. So I'm I am I am somewhat a queen of meeting people in random places and having the relationships work out. Uh, not everyone, of course, but you know, seemingly some meaningful ones have come through. <laughs> so we're always looking into how people connect um, in the work that we're doing at Basque. How have you guys been keeping in touch with your friends or with one another in the past year? Have you been surprised by any evolutions of friendship that the physical distance has brought out? And any tips for friends feeling lost or wanting to re-engage with friends from afar? What's been working for you? What hasn't? All the things COVID-related. Um, and then how else do you work on that consistency and that casualness that you've both talked about when you're living not a block apart anymore? I'll go first. Um, I think that there are so many different platforms that we can utilize to keep in touch these days, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Zoom, Google Hangouts, texting, phoning, um, Clubhouse, which admittedly I've never been on. But um, for me personally, my favorites have been honestly... I only use Facebook now for Facebook marketplace, I feel like, um, or, or realizing someone's birthday. Um, but I love Instagram cause it's really quick snippety. Like you can love something that somebody posts, or you can have a quick comment on a photo of Amara or, um, Meg's daughter, or you can, you know, just have a quick reaction. One of the fun, the more fun things that I've enjoyed are game like games online. So I love code names, the, the game code names, and there's an online version of code names that you can play with your friends from afar. And that's really fun because 
you can have, uh, you know, you, you can sit in your living room, put the kids down, have, have your own beverage and have that fun kind of interaction without that pressure of sitting there for an hour and a half being like, so what's going on? This is our like once every six month, uh, catch up. Like let's talk about everything, which feels like a lot. Um, I think that at the beginning, there was a lot of innovation just in terms of, and a lot of increase in terms of people wanting that virtual happy hours or my friend's a musician down in slow and all of his live gigs were canceled. So he'd do these online concerts and be super fun. We'd, you know, my husband and I would grab a drink or grab whatever, uh, grab some snacks and sit and listen and kind of became a ritual for us. Um, I think people were really great at trying to keep relationships going at the beginning. I think people are a little burnt out on the whole online, got to keep in touch situation, but for the relationships that um, need it, people find that they're still reaching out. Uh, I find that at least on my end. Um, but that's kind of where I've seen it. That's really what I've felt. I agree. One of the things that I've learned to do in the pandemic is to go easier on myself. You know, when you're commuting to again in person and managing everything, you feel this onus to be perfect all the time. And my biggest lesson was I could not be everything to everyone on the same day. Some days I'm a great founder and a great wife, and I'm a horrible mother and a horrible friend. Some days when I don't feel like working, I'm an amazing friend and an amazing wife, but still a horrible mother and a horrible worker. Right? It's, it's being easy on myself as to what I can do. And would I rather text Amanda or send her an Instagram message at 1130 at night or not do it at all? Perfect me would not want to send it at 1130 at night me now, I'll send it because I'd rather just connect and continue it in any way, shape or form that I can. I like getting them. <laughs> I'm in bed. I'm trust me, I'm asleep by 10, but I enjoy seeing that. And even just knowing that you're thinking of me and, and vice versa, I hope it's, it means a lot. You know, I love getting those random messages from people where, so I find people always come out of the woodwork when I had, when you have a baby, people you wouldn't expect being like, wow, how's it going? Can I send you something? Can I bring you something? I'm like, Gosh, sometimes your community around you can really surprise you, even in a, even in a pandemic. Like one of those great life affirming moments, right? Where you're like, you know, they're there, they're there, yeah. and maybe like people aren't always the best at communicating at a distance. Like I've noticed some friends are are in person friends, and it's not because like they love me any less. It's like they're just they are not distance communicators. Like that's not their strong suit. And like you have like a moment like that, and you're like. Oh, everyone shows up because they realize like it's important and they're, they're really there for you. I also love Meg. Like, I love your point about just like being kinder to yourself. I think there's like a, Oh, there's a lot of burnt out women right now. Yes. So imperfect versions, just like that's the version it's just going to have to be. And like, that can be perfect for now. And I t I'm sure it's enough. You know, you never think it is, but I'm sure it's more than enough. All right. I love that. Imperfect is enough. I think one of the things to help enhance and continue friendships is to just pick up the phone. Sometimes we're on Zoom all day for meetings or we don't have time to actually get ready and go out or the distance is too far. It just helps to pick up the phone and say, how are you? You can have a phone conversation while you're making dinner or having a walk in the neighborhood. And it just sort of takes the pressure off a bit more. Yes. I do think we rely on texting a little bit too much and it can just, you know, how are you? How are you? How are you? Can get a little bit 
dull and people don't actually really talk on the, some people hate the phone, but some people appreciate that. And when you're juggling many things, I think being able to just pick up and if I'm walking my dog, I try, that's when I try and do my quick catch ups to say like, Hey, I'm walking my dog. I got 20 minutes. Let's, let's check poor, poor dog only gets 20 minutes. <laughs> let's have a quick catch up. Um, and it also gives you a reason to be like, okay, I just got home. I got to deal with the kids now. So I'll talk to you later. Um, but it's nice hearing a voice as opposed to, especially on a, like a birthday or something. I gave somebody a birthday call the other day and I don't do that very often. And they were like, I'm so like, thank you for the call. Most people just message, but the call was really, really nice. And it actually was just a voicemail, but I made my two-year-old sing happy birthday and it made her day apparently. So there you go. Well, and hurting words, do you ladies have any, any other tips or about friendship? I mean, I, I think we're definitely coming from the point of view that like, we're all imperfect humans figuring this out. Like no one is a friend authority. Um, you know, I think even us having, having this, this platform, we're just imperfect humans trying to be better friends ourselves and like learn tips. Do you guys have any fun things that you learned about being like a great friend or something that is like sustained a friendship? Something I've learned about my friendships that I now give and get the most value from is a really simple question and learning to ask that. And that is, how can I help you? And it makes me feel good to help my friends. It makes my friend feel good to get something and it makes us stronger together. Yeah, I love that. Um, going back to me, for, for me, going back to my attempt at a quote. Uh, it was, you never know what someone's going through. So be kind always. And I think that that is true. Um, you know, people are every, especially now, some people are dealing with COVID differently than others. Some people are really struggling with it. Some people aren't handling it very well, or some people are thriving in it because they're realizing they're more introverts than they were, than they thought they were. But I think that, um, just be patient with yourself, be patient with other people, um, be kind of consistent and be there if you can. And also just for me, I think being thoughtful and it can be anything from, I'm a huge snail mail person, like a birthday card that's real, or even my friend's daughter's in the hospital. So we got our kids to color on some paper and send it through. And it's like nothing, but at the same time, it's something that's more than a, like send Indy some text, like love over text. You know, I think just trying to be a little thoughtful if you have the time and the capacity is, um, you know, that goes a really long way, but just, you know, again, you never know what someone else is going through. Um, and if you feel like putting yourself out there and meeting new people, that's amazing. Cause some people really could use some friends right now. And if people need their own space and give that, give that them that as well. Um, but that's, that's my parting thought. <laughs> thank you so much, Megan, Amanda. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you for being our first Canadian guest. And thank you for coming on today and giving us your time. If you want to follow Meg, you can find her at Butterfly Voyage. And Amanda is at Design Like Woe. You can see more information on our show notes. Until next time, this is Baskin Friendship. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.